1: Glory, glory. We come to praise the Lord. We come to praise the Lord. Push out to my heart. Push from my mind. Praise, 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 Lord. I come to praise. 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 I'm going to praise it with my mouth. Praise it with my mind. Praise with my heart, because he deserves all of that. I'm going to pray. Yeah, yeah, going to pray. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to praise. 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 I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on, let them let them know. Let them know how much you love them. Let them know how much you love them. Come on. Hallelujah. I come to pray, gotta pray, gotta pray. I gotta pray. I'm gonna see them. I gotta pray. I gotta pray, gotta pray, gotta pray. I gotta One more time, you're working. I got a brain, 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 I got a brain.
0: Places in the world I could be <laughs> on this day, I would rather be right here where the spirit of the Lord dwells, there is power.
1: There is clarity.
0: I know some of you are... Lord, we ask you to clear up our technical issues. Right now, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says you can do anything but fail. So we bless your holy name. It's amazing to me that in the midst of COVID, and we're still there, is that sometimes as the people of God, Deacon Huff struggle to praise God. Because we're not here because we did everything right. We are not here because we have been honest. We are not here because we have done what God has called us to do. We are only here by the grace of God. Yes. We are only here yes. by the grace of God. Yes. And if you can't come to the house of the Lord and give God one minute of praise of honor and glory, something is wrong. We live in a world that has been turned upside down. Families are overwhelmed. Mental illness is escalating. People are dying because of COVID. Yes, the numbers are down, Avis, but people are still dying every day. Children, have struggled with virtual learning and some of our children will not pass into the next grade because they have no access to Wi-Fi. And yet we live in a country where that's a debatable issue. Food costs have escalated. Marriages are failing because people are shut down with each other and they were together because they had a time that they could go to work or some breath of fresh air. Violence has intensified. I heard on the news last night that a woman had killed her child. I saw on the news the other day that an infant had died, a young baby. The woman ran in the store. Another child uh, was left in the car and a person drove off with the child. Racial tension is on the rise. We keep being reminded of our skin color and where we came from and what we shouldn't have. Our government is totally dysfunctional. There's a war in Israel, the Holy Land, in Gaza. Police officers are rapidly retiring. They can't take anymore. Medical professionals are saying, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. And some of you might ask is that, what is the condition of the church? I find that COVID is alive and well in the church. The number of volunteers have declined drastically. Worship is not a given anymore. Attendance is limited. Volunteers are afraid that they might connect with the virus, I understand that, but the work of the church goes on. We had to figure out how do you have an ordination service in the middle of a pandemic, and the Holy Spirit told me a few months ago to go to Deacon Ophelia and say, we gotta figure this out. How do you do baptism? Virtually. How do you do the right hand of fellowship? Virtually. The request for benevolence have escalated and yet our budget is almost gone. Because now people don't need twenty or fifty dollars, they need help with the mortgage, they need to keep food on the table, they need to keep their transportation, the issues have shifted. And then in the midst of all of this, there are people of God who are homeless, and that number continues to increase. I'm always disappointed when i hear that our people do not have time for prayer because the only thing that we have left is god and the way that we commune with god is through prayer and what i have discovered i'm just telling the truth today is that what i have discovered is that we don't have time to pray for ourselves and yet when we get back in a corner minister Derek, you know the first people we call of the church. So deacons, I'm saying to you that life doesn't always look fair. And when you accept this assignment, you must realize that it is God who called you. And it is God who will provide everything you need. And so today, let us pray. Heavenly Father, on this sacred day in the life of our church, I'm asking you for a mighty miracle. Use my body, O God, my mind, my strength, my eyes, my hearing, everything that I do to please you. And Father, help me to help your people have a closer walk with you. I pray right now for a fresh anointing. I bind the enemy of distraction in the name of Jesus. And I declare that worship shall go forward with power and conviction because that's the kind of God you are. I ask all of these blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and the church said, amen. Amen. I went back to read the creation story, and I love going back where it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless, empty, and there was darkness all over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Go back and read Genesis sometime if you wanna be refreshed and renewed. And God said, let there be light and there was light. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. Can you use your Holy Ghost imagination? And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let the dry ground appear. In verse 11, God said, let the land produce vegetarian seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit. In verse 14, God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve signs to mark sacred times. In verse 20, God said, let the water steam with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created these creatures. And then when we get to verse number 26, we see that God said, let us make humankind in our image. I love this verse because it says, in our likeness. I want you to hear that because God is saying, I have created you in my image. Regardless of what you look like or you think you should look like, you are in the image of God. And then God said that they are, you are to rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Hallelujah. I have an assignment from God. As I read this, I realized that God created us to use us for his glory. Because in verse 27, it says that God created mankind in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. And as I prepared this message, I called it, only God can create a deacon because I realized that God is the manufacturer of humankind and God knows how to provide maintenance to what God makes. When I was younger, I used to take my car to the cheapest place I could get for service. And then I realized that sometimes things were overlooked because the manufacturer of the car wasn't looking at it. And so what I discovered is that the only way we make it through is that there are times when we have to check in with God. And so to create means that you have imagination. There's a difference in making and creating. To create means to bring into being and from Latin, creatures, participle of creare. To make, bring forth, produce, to procreate, to beget, to cause. And to create means to rise up, or cause something to rise up, cause it to grow. It means that you have a vision of what you are creating should look like. If you look at Picasso, and you look at paintings, and you look at art, or you go to an art gallery, you realize that the person didn't spend 15 or 20 minutes thinking about what this would look like. It takes time. When we make things, I don't know about you, I love to make stuffing. And I've discovered when you make things, you just make things. Most cooks will tell you this. You don't really have a vision of the stuffing. All you do is you hope people like it enough to eat it. And so you make it and you don't necessarily use real butter all the time. Some folk use margarine. And sometimes you use cheap ingredients and you don't get the best result at the end. And so I find if you change your attitude and say, I'm going to create a dish that will leave lasting memory in the hearts of people, you kind of look at that stuffing differently. And you might buy some organic green pepper and some organic celery and you might get some other goods that are just not cheap. The term deacons comes from the Greek word diakonos, meaning servant or minister. And the word which appears at least 29 times in the New Testament designates an appointed member of the local church to assist by serving other members and meeting material needs. And after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, the church began to grow so fast that some believers, particularly the widows, were being neglected in the daily distribution of food and alms or charitable gifts. In other words, there was tension in the church because some people felt as if they were not getting the service that they deserve. The apostles who had their hands full, caring for the spiritual needs of the church, decided to appoint seven leaders who could tend to the physical and administrative needs of the body, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent And the Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 call a meeting for all believers. And what I love about this text is that we are told that they were told to look out among them. And they would select men who would be able to carry out these needs of the church so the spiritual matters of the church would not be neglected. And one of the things that we get wrong about church is we realize that everybody can't do everything. And that's why it is important for you to understand what God has called you to do because when you're in your lane doing what God has called you to do, then the church will thrive and grow. And sometimes we get confused. Long ago, when I grew up in the church in the South, being a deacon, or leader in the church meant that you had power over everybody. And it meant that you tell people what to do. Being a servant of God means that you talk to God and you do what God tells you to do. Paul talks a lot about the qualities of a deacon in 1 Timothy 3 chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. And Paul said that according to scripture, deacons must be well-respective, must have integrity, must not be heavy drinkers, would not be disobedient with money, must be committed to the mystery of the faith revealed through Jesus Christ, must live with a clear conscience, must be reverent at all times, and should not be double-tongued. Before being appointed as a deacon, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, let them serve as deacons. This is the foundation of our ordination service. And we're here today because Pleasant Grove Church has gone through this process And through this process, we have identified three individuals who will serve as deacons for the Lord. I am proud to say that I'm very thankful for our process of choosing spiritual leaders. And one of the things that we do when people come to Pleasant Grove Church is that we do a spiritual profile so that we will understand your inner workings and what has God wired you to do. And when we know your spiritual gifts, then we can direct you where God wants you to be. And Deacon Ophelia and I, Deacon Ophelia is chair of our deacon ministry, and I am the vice chair of our deacon ministry. And throughout the years, we meet with people, we talk with them, and we ask them, how are they doing on their spiritual journey? And I'm excited about that process because it helps us to get people where God wants them to be. Does everybody accept the assignment? No. Does everybody listen? No. Does everybody say, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do? No. But our job is to get people where God wants them to be so their lives will always give glory to God. About two weeks ago at 2 a.m., I woke up and the Lord said to me, these are the five things I want you to say. This is not going to be a five-hour sermon. I'm going to get to it briefly and you will see. And the Lord said to me, there are five things that these deacons need to do to be successful in their work for me. Number one, God said that the deacon must seek clarity from God. You must seek clarity by checking in with the one who manufactured you. You gotta get clarity when you say that, Lord, I know you uh, promoted me from heaven, but now I need to have some contact with heaven. And that caused me to go back and to look at the story of Moses. I love Moses, he was so human. Moses was so clear and Moses was so honest about his lack of ability. It was in the third chapter of Exodus, that Moses was tending the flock of Jethro's father-in-law, the priest of Medium, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And it says there, Dr. Lachelle, that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush, and Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, Pastor Joseph, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here am I. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you stand is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of our father, the God of Abraham, the God of our... Don't you love it when God introduces himself? We do that all the time. We walk up to people and say, I hope you know who I am. And I hope you know what my credentials are. But God is saying, I want you to know who I am. And I'm just not anybody showing up. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. And I've heard crying. And because of their slave drivers, I am concerned about their suffering. And so he said, I've come down to rescue you, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, so now I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. You know what Moses said. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And right now there are many of us asking the same question, who am I? to go to Chatham Forest and serve tables in the heat of the day? Who am I to care about the homeless? Who am I to go preach and talk and go to nursing facilities and pray on the wall for people who can't pray for themselves? And the Lord said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. And when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. And then Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of our fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say? You ought to read it for yourself, Robert, when you get home. You want some Holy Ghost power? Read it for yourself. You want to be lifted up? Read it for yourself. And God said to Moses right then as he's saying now, I am who I am. God said, don't be ashamed to tell them that I sent you. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am sent to you. So when the people look at you crazy, just say, I am sent me. I am is with me. And I am going to do whatever I am tells me to do. And then the Lord wrapped it up bacon by saying this is my name forever and ever and ever don't back down from the enemy number two god said to me to tell you that you can't do this job without being committed and we must be committed to the cause of christ we must be committed like the women who followed jesus displayed their commitment to his mission we must be committed when nobody else shows up that we show up because this is my calling. It says in the Bible, in Luke chapter eight, verses two to three, that a group of women followed Jesus from his ministry in Galilee to the last day of his life. How far have you followed Jesus? Have you gone around three or four corners? Have you traveled 10 miles? How often do you even follow Jesus? They witnessed the worst moment in history when Jesus' gruesome death happened and observed the desertion of his fearless disciples. In other words, there are those who will desert you, but if you go in the name of Jesus, you don't have to worry about it. And it said the disciples, listen to this, the inside circle of Jesus, the people who had been with him, the people who had traveled with him, the people who had prayed with him, they had deserted Jesus, but these women lingered at the cross to the very end. And they observed a man wrapping up Jesus' body. Then they followed this man at a distance to see where Jesus was buried. And it was sundown, so they returned home to prepare spices for a proper burial. It is my prayer for you that you will remain committed to your calling, whatever it looks like. It is my prayer for you that you will never desert the Lord because you are left on your own. And sometimes you will have to go by yourself and pray your way through. But all you have to do is to remember that I am sent me, that I am called me, and that I am will take care of me. Point number three is that God said for me to tell you that if you are going to be successful as a servant leader and a spiritual leader, you have to spend time communing with God. When you are too busy to commune with God, then you really cannot do the will of God because it is God who informs human flesh and tells us what to do. Sometimes the communion with God might be 10 minutes, and sometimes it might be 10 hours. You can't put God on a schedule because God doesn't operate that way. But David shows us in Psalm number 63, When he was stranded in the wilderness of Judah, David had problems and he was there in the wilderness, brother James. And what he decided to do is that in the the midst of all his misery, he decided the best thing for me to do is commune with God. He he decided it's time for me to say, oh God, you are my God. And earnestly, I seek you, my soul first for you. He said, yes, I'm in the wilderness of Judah, but my flesh faints for you. And in a dry and weary land where there is no water, all I need is you, O God. So I have looked up in the sanctuary. I have looked up in the sanctuary beholding your power and your glory. Because David said, your steadfast love is better than life and my lips will praise you. My lips will praise you when I'm hungry. My lips will praise you when I'm lonely. My lips will praise you when I've been deserted. My lips will praise you when the people talk about me. My lips will praise you when the enemy rises up. So I will bless you. I will bless you. Oh, I wish I had a witness with somebody who could say, I will bless you. I will bless you. All the days of my life. And my soul will be satisfied with fat and rich food. Some of us are physically full, but spiritually empty. Because only the spirit of the Lord can feed us. And only the spirit of the Lord can nourish us. Only the spirit of the God knows what needs to be tweaked in our system. Only the spirit of God knows that you need to move to the left and you need some sunshine every now and then. so David shows us, he says, my soul is satisfied. My soul will, he said, don't be a, a person who only praises God when you're getting what you want. Don't be the type of individual that you only say thanks to God until God gives you what you want, when you want it, and how you want it. What David is showing us is that if you belong to God, it's always, always, always appropriate to worship God. So David pray. my soul is satisfied. Is your soul satisfied? And then the fourth C here I have is courage. You can't serve God without courage Right now the enemy has already set traps For all of us But you know what's so good about God Is that when you commune with God God will show you the enemy before they show up I wish I had a witness I wish I had a witness that When the enemy wants to attack you God will show you who that enemy is Where they're sitting and what they're going to do And you can say, I bind the enemy in the name of Jesus, and no weapon will come against me because I come in the name of the great I am. Oh, I wish I had a witness. See, Nehemiah shows us that when you're filled with courage, you can't come down. When you're filled with courage, and you on the wall for the Lord is something about that supernatural power that won't let you come down. Your legs hurt, but you can't sit down. Your feet hurt, but you can't sit down. You want to sit down, but you keep singing anyway. You want to sit down, but you keep worshiping anyway. You want to sit down, but you can't stop serving the Lord. You want to come down. It's the Spirit that holds you up. It's the spirit that takes you to the hospital room. It's the spirit of God that takes you to bear up with the sick and shut in. And when you serve God, there are times where you cannot come down. Come down. Nehemiah said, I'm sorry. I can't come down. I'm sorry. God gave me a mission. I'm on a mission. I can't come down. You see, deacons are called to reveal. The walls of human flesh. Deacons are called to build up what the enemy has destroyed. And once we understand that, the Holy Ghost will give us the power to look in the eyes of people and realize you need a little word of courage. You just need to know that God is still God. You need to know that God loves you. So Nehemiah responded, I am doing a great work. <laughs> Nehemiah said, I'm not waiting on your evaluation. The Lord has already confirmed with me that I am doing a great work. Can you say it? I'm doing a great work. And because I'm doing a great work for the Lord, I cannot come down. Oh, I wish I had a witness. I wish I had some people fired up in the spirit. I wish I had somebody who would understand what being happy really is. I wish I had somebody who realizes it's not about what I've collected over the past 70 years, but it's about what God does on a daily basis. It's about how God lifts me up when I'm down. Plants my feet on solid ground. And that's not enough. Finally, the Lord told me to tell you You got to have confidence in the person who sent you. I went back to the creation because you have to have confidence in the person who created you. You have to have confidence in the person who called you and you have to have confidence in the person who sustains you. God is allowing the church to do this work, but God directs the work of the church. And I'm not saying that everybody who signs up to be a deacon remains a deacon. Because there are times when human beings figure out this is too much for me, too much of a sacrifice. I'm not willing to give up my life. I'm not willing to be on call 24 hours a day. I'm not willing to give up my plans. I, I'm not willing if I can do it within this time frame. But God wants deacons, deacons. deacons. who show up for duty. Yeah. God wants deacons who do the work of the church. God didn't call your spouse, and God didn't call your children. God didn't call your mama nor your daddy. God didn't call your relatives, your neighbors, or your friends. God called on you, and you answered yes. And when you answer yes, you got to show up for the Lord. The last seed that I have is confidence, and I believe that the Apostle Paul paints the picture. The Bible said that, <laughs> I love this passage, the letter to the Philippians has been called not only the tenderest letter that Paul ever wrote, but also most delightful, with expressions of praise and confidence and rejoicing. And despite the fact that this is one of Paul's prison epistles, written in Rome, during his first imprisonment, he had the nerve to sit in prison and praise almighty God. The word says that he was in prison. And there he was thinking about the Lord. Some of us are imprisoned in here right now. Some of us are imprisoned in our own minds. Some of us are imprisoned by the people we love most. Some of us are imprisoned by our own attitudes. Some of us are in prison because we're so mighty and great. Some of us are in prison because life didn't turn out the way you thought it should) Some of us are in prison because we think we got cheated rather than thanking God that you're still here. Some of us are in prison because we can't forgive what happened yesterday. Some of us are in prison because we cannot get over the past. But Paul said that there's one thing that I have learned. Paul said that one thing that I have learned. Paul said that I will always is rejoice in the Lord he said I will always rejoice in the Lord another thing Paul said is that I don't rejoice in just the good times but I rejoice at all times and he said that the reason that I'm making it through this journey is because I got my eyes focused on the Lord he said, the reason that I can be in prison in Rome and write letters of thanksgiving because this is not my final destiny. He said, the reason that I can praise the Lord because this is a temporary shelter for me. Paul said, for me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Some folk are worried about when they're gonna die. I'm not. Because when my days, the Bible says your days are already numbered. If you want to know the number, you ought to ask God. But why worry about dying if you have an inheritance in heaven? Why worry about dying if God has already given you everything you need? A new set of wings that do not require blood and human flesh. Oh, a new outfit that you wear every day that doesn't have to be changed. What do you do? You don't have to worry about wearing mascara, waterproof mascara. You don't have to worry about getting your hair colored. You don't have to worry about getting your nails done. You don't have to go and get a haircut in the barbershop, Reverend. All you got to do is look good for God all the time and run around heaven all day. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Paul said, but whatever were gains to me, i not considered loss for the sake of Christ. And he says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. This is mental health month. And where Paul gives us an example of, if you are having a struggle with life and mental health issues, and you feel down and depressed. I think I read an article. It was in Oprah magazine. Do something for somebody else. A lot of us are stressed out because there's too much focus on us and not on somebody else. And what Paul is giving us an example here is that if, when he was in prison in Rome, he decided to write a letter to tell the people how much he loved them and how much gratitude he had for them. When you feel depressed, call somebody and say, "I just called to tell you I love you. That's all. I don't have all day, but I love you. I'll talk to you later." You know, if you feel depressed and Robert, you need something to lift you up, go drive around and look at people, wave your hand by their house, and say, "Bless that dwelling, Lord, in the name of Jesus." Paul shows. that God uses us wherever we are. And then Paul shows us that we have to be confident in the God that we serve. So on this day, my prayer is, is that you will always have a zeal for Christ. My prayer is that you will wake up every day and walk in the authority that God has given you. My prayer is that you will receive the Lord with all joy and honor your commitment to the Lord. My prayer is that you will commune with God. My prayer is that you will be committed to God. My prayer is that you will have the time to have cut on the wall for God and the courage to stay on the wall. My prayer is that you will have the confidence in Paul because how can you speak to those in prison? if you can't speak a word for the Lord. And Paul said of all these things, this is the one that I love, that I may know him, I may know him, I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And then Paul said that I I don't look back. I forget the things behind, and I'm always pressing forward. I'm always pressing my way through. People ask me all the time, how do you do this job? I said, I'm always pressing forward. I'm always looking ahead. I'm always forgetting what is behind. And I'm always praising God. So on this day, I offer you the blessings of the Lord. And I'm asking God to supply all of your needs. All of your needs. All of your needs according to his riches in glory. And I'm praying that when your midnight hour comes and you don't think that you can take another step, that God will show up for you and you will have the Holy Ghost mindset to commune with God, be committed to God, be courageous, have confidence, and then I want you to tell somebody else about Jesus if you believe me and you're willing, why don't you say amen? Amen. If you believe me and you're willing, why don't you give God some praise? If you believe me, Pastor will you yield the invitation.
2: What a word! What a word! What a word! The doors of the church is open. We have heard a stirring sermon. We are reminded of several key things that we need to hold on to. And I've learned not to take anything for granted. There might be one we're still trying to figure out how do I live this life for Christ so we extend an invitation to you for Christian discipleship by letter candidate for baptism if you want to give your life to Christ we can never take it for granted that everyone is already saved And in good relationship with god the door of the church is open we will receive you we will love on you we will serve you and we will help you to serve the lord will you come to
0: thank you for listening it is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of god if you have a prayer request or prayer report or would like additional
1: information
0: on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-cary.org. Thank you again.